Ladies and gentlemen, this week I'd like to tell you about my good friends over at NachoMamasSeattle.com. My good friends, Chris and Sandra, Nacho Mamas Food Truck, NachoMamasSeattle.com, at NachoMamasSCA on Twitter, at NachoMamasSeattle, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag Nachos and Beer. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to tell you where they're going to be this week. I'd like to tell you what the specials are. But unfortunately, last Wednesday night, my good friends over at Nacho Mama Seattle had a breakdown with the truck. And uh, they got to get new parts. They're not going to get them until late next week. And then it's a 10-hour job. The person that's going to work on this doesn't work weekends. So there may not be anything for Nacho Mama's coming out this next week but they will be back and when they come back i'm asking you my friends my family my podcast fans not my fans but the fans that come on here to listen to the great talent that comes on each and every week please support nacho mamas when they come back nacho mamas seattle.com uh you can look over there it'll tell you where they're going to be in the weeks to come It'll tell you they're super amazing, tasty, delightful, just amazing menu. So go check my friends out. Nacho Mama's Food Truck, NachoMamasSeattle.com, Nacho Mama's, excuse me, at Nacho Mama's SCA on Twitter, at Nacho Mama's Seattle, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, they'll thank you when you come to see them. And, uh, they are the greatest nachos, the best nachos, the premier nachos on the planet today. Hashtag best nachos on the planet. Hashtag nacho mama Seattle. Hashtag nachos and beer. And we're back on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast with Podcast Guy. Wow, thanks for having me, man. Be talking to some of the fans up in the, the Pacific Northwest. Your Jimmy got him. Yeah. Pretty good, darling. Pretty good. Yo! We're the Voros twins. They know we like PCO to the horror show. Freaking me out, man. <laughs> Freaking me out, yo. We are leaving the station. L Train, take us out. Hey, this is the L Train. We're back for episode number 172 i can't even believe it man last uh, three four years anyway we got a great show for you here tonight uh i recently became a proud sponsor uh of a match that's going to be on a show this weekend a part of the collective uh 2020 over at paradigm pro wrestling and i got a dude named gary that works over there uh gary how you doing brother i'm doing well how about yourself dude i'm doing great here i'm just chilling tonight it's tuesday night you know i'm gonna do this podcast get it put out maybe go watch some aew dark and then get ready for 30 years of jericho tomorrow yeah definitely that sounds like a good plan (laughs) hey man thanks for uh, coming on here tonight you know uh, a buddy of mine named scott who's a really great friend of this podcast sent me that uh tweet you guys sent out about looking for sponsors for certain matches man and i saw the card and it's first of all it's a phenomenal card and the matches were that were left to sponsor were really great too because i saw a couple people on there that i knew and then uh i decided to jump in sent you the email we worked it out i'm going to be able to sponsor a a great match that's going to be between uh 
Oh, my God, I don't even have it right here in front of me. Sonico and uh, what's the other gentleman's name, my friend? Chase Holiday. He is our MidwestTerritory.com champion. And I'm uh, very proud to be sponsoring this one because uh, Sonico is a huge, huge uh, wrestler up here at Defy, Without a Cause, DOA, uh, and more. And so we're all huge fans of him. So uh, can't wait to see how he, uh, he does that night. So thanks for letting me be a part of your family for a night. No, absolutely. We really appreciate the support. You know, we've got uh, Sonico and Jaden coming in from the West Coast. We've been trying to bring in both of them, honestly, for some time. I know Jaden we've been talking to for over a year. Just logistics are difficult, you know, getting somebody over from the West Coast to the Midwest and doing it on an independent wrestling budget. Uh, but it just worked out with the collective that we could make it happen. So we're excited to have both of them. Um, it, it's going to be a great time. You know, I've never seen Jaden wrestle in person. Sonico, I have seen a few times. He's performed in Indiana, uh, up in Indianapolis for a couple other promotions. Um, so I'm excited that he's going to be on our roster as well. Really looking forward to seeing both those guys. Well, that's going to be a huge day. Uh, here in the Northwest, we, we, the Seahawks play on Sunday night football, and that ends right about 8, 8.30 when uh, on this coast your show will be kicking up on uh, Fight TV. So I'm looking forward to uh, Sunday night. Yeah, I'd like to say it was like logistical planning. We're going to book these West Coast guys since we're on the, the you know, the late night slot on the here on the East Coast. Uh, it's really just a happy coincidence, though. Oh man, well I'm glad it's a happy coincidence, and uh, you know, with uh, you know the pandemic, just real quick, you know everything's been kind of shut down all across the United States, and we can't have any wrestling up here because we can't have so many people and you know things like that, whatever it is, you know, uh, to be safe. But uh, so seeing some of these shows across the nation, you know, uh, on Fight TV and IWTV, being able to check these things out, it's uh, it's been great. Uh, how many shows have you guys been able to run in the last uh, six months? Um, this is going to be our fourth one, I believe. Um, we came back in July. We ran two events in July. Uh, we had our third anniversary show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, then we've got this show and then uh, two more for the year. So... Um, you know, it, it impacted us pretty substantially. We missed, I want to say, four or five months of shows. Mm. But Indiana, we have been fortunate enough to come back a lot sooner than other places. We've uh, been running with pretty stringent, uh, like, sanitation measures. We've got strict attendance limits. Uh, we require masks. We thoroughly sanitize the ring in between matches. Uh, we take everybody's temperature. Uh, actually my insurance provider sent us like a 50 page regulation cause the state said we could do it and didn't give, uh, I'll be real honest. The state of Indiana did not give very good guidelines. Uh, so I asked my insurance provider like, Hey, what do we need to do here? Um, and they sent me like a 50 page list of suggested things for, you know, running an event safely right now. And we've been implementing all of those and the shows have gone pretty smoothly for us. So have the fans been pretty willing to do the things they need to do, like as far as social distancing, keeping the mask on when they get too close to each other, you know? I'm sure people want to pull them down when they're having a beer or whatever when they're sitting in their seat and things like that. But everything been kind of going cool for the shows? Yeah, you know, for the most part, for sure. Um, we do serve alcohol at our shows, so it's an uphill battle on occasion. Um, but for the most part, I'd say 99.5% of people are, you know, they get it, you know? Uh, we might not be running shows right now if it wasn't for the fact that we recognize that, you know, this is how a lot of these guys make their living. And if we're not running shows, they're not making any money. And indie wrestling is, it's basically a cash economy. Like, I don't want to talk too much into the business, but, you know, most people are paid cash. There's not a huge record of transactions. So that means even with the kind of the gig economy relief that they got, 
they can't prove their income to get any money from that. So a lot of these guys were really hurting. Um, and for me, because um, I'll be real honest, this pandemic stuff scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And we take it very seriously. But at the end of the day, we we are their employers. You know, we got to try and t- take care of our guys. So we're doing that by trying to put on safe spaces and safe shows and get them paydays and such. Do you, um, and I don't know if this, it's a weird question. I don't know if you're, if you want to answer or not, but when wrestlers show up for an indie show, do they have to have any kind of a proof that they've had a COVID test or do you ask them the symptoms, check the temperature, any of that kind of stuff? I don't know how it works. We ask everyone to get tested, uh, and we definitely ensure uh, that they do it on a fly-in. Uh, to be real honest with you, it's not a perfect system. No system is right. going to be perfect because a lot of shows are done on loops. So, you know, even if you're testing negative on a Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by the time you get to a show on Saturday or Sunday, it could be more of an issue. Uh, we traditionally run on Fridays, so we tend to be the start of the loop, but we do ask them to get tested, um, and we do do a temperature screening when they get there. Um, and, and it goes for fans too. You know, we temperature screen all our fans and we offer, basically we don't want anybody to come if they're sick. So we offer full refunds. Like if you get sick the day of the show, stay home, you know, we'll either give you a refund or tickets to another show. Um, so we do what we can there, you know, no system is obviously perfect, but to be honest, I think it's running as well on the independent level as it is in any of the professional leagues, as far as safety goes. Oh, you know, I'm sure you're doing the best you can. It sounds like you, you know, you really care and want to make sure everything, you know, is safe. Everyone is safe, the fans to the wrestlers and, you know, so everyone can have a great time. So it's a, you know, and there's always, you know, one in a bunch that's going to make it difficult for someone, but you know, sounds like everyone's just having a blast, having a good time at your shows. Yeah. Um, if anything, uh, I hate to say this, but 2020 has been good to us as far as interest goes because we were able to come back mm-hmm. sooner than a lot of promotions. We've had a lot more eyes on us. Um, you know, our first major, major show back, because uh, we did a charity show at the beginning of July, and then we had uh, our first IW live stream was July 24th, and we had more viewership on that show than like the rest of the shows in our history combined. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's been really good for um, just getting out there and getting exposure. Uh, and I hate to say that, but it's kind of the truth. No, man. Hey, anytime you hear something good about 2020, it's like a great thing. It really stands out. So, yeah, <laughs> that's really good that you share that, man. You guys are having good, you know, as far as the COVID and pandemic in Indiana, if you don't mind me asking, has it been going pretty smooth from top to bottom? You know, you're, the folks that live there do what they need to do and, you know, just kind of everyone helps each other out? Or I, I don't want to get political but to get political for a bit compliance is better in the democratic parts of the state than it is in the republican parts we're in the (laughs) south um and compliance here is not always real great it is considerably better uh in the more liberal areas such as where the collective will be running gotcha 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 i get it i get it i get it but uh, hey man uh so did you grow up out there where you're at right now i'm from northern indiana originally uh just outside of chicago uh south bend home of notre dame and the uh fighting irish um so that's about five hours north of where we're at now so were you a big notre dame fan then um they are good for the economy (laughs) up there and my my family was in the sports bar business uh so i suppose by proxy yes so are you into any, like, those kind of sports? Are you into, like, the college football, the college basketball, Indiana Hoosiers, any of that kind of stuff? Uh, you know, the Hoosier hysteria, like, the, the, the fascination about college basketball, we get it um, 
it's less up north. Up north, northern Indiana is a football area, so I'd say I'm more of a football fan. Since I've moved down here, people are, are obsessive about basketball. Um, you know, those stereotypes exist for a reason. Uh, but no, I, I enjoy college football. Um, I'd say my big sports that I follow, though, are going to be wrestling, and I'm a huge, huge MMA fan. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, just real quick then, man, uh, were you growing up? You know, I usually ask all my guests, did you grow up a wrestling fan, or when did you become a wrestling fan? Um, you know, I've been a wrestling fan for as long as I can remember. Uh, I'm 32. One of my earliest memories was uh, Undertaker getting the title from Hogan and then dropping it this Tuesday in Texas. Like, I remember uh-huh. watching that with my dad. Um, he was not a fan, but we had one of those descrambler boxes. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, where you could watch all the pay-per-views and yep. stuff. So. I had an uncle that had one of those. It was the greatest thing ever. I learned so much about like wrestling and combat sports from that thing. That was kind of my exposure to all of it. You know, I got to see Lucha Libre there, uh, the old UWFI pay-per-views, which have had a big influence on us. Um, all of that stuff. So what, uh, what was it that about wrestling when just, you know, watching it with your pop, you know, even though he wasn't in it, but you know, it was good, uh, hanging out with your pop at least probably, you know, having a couple sodas, watching the show, but who were the, the ones that kind of, or what was it that kind of stood out about wrestling that, uh, just really grabbed you? Man, the first stuff I really, really heavily remember getting invested in is the NWO angle. Nice. Um, you know, Sting, you know, I, I, I was a big Sting fan, had the Sting mask, would dress like them. Um, that's like the first angle I remember. Earlier than that, even, I'd say like, a lot of my influence comes from early no holds barred UFC and the old UWFI shoot style North American pay-per-views. Uh, my dad was a big combat sports fan. Uh, like he loved, was a big, big boxing fan. So we watched a lot of that other stuff that was on as well. And to me, they're all kind of one and the same. Oh man. Um, uh, do you remember some of the boxing matches you guys would watch? Cause I used to be into boxing when, you know, in the eighties and partly into the nineties, but I remember the, you know, Hearns and Hagler and Leonard and, you know, back when you sure. used to be able to remember the heavyweight champion, you know. Uh, I'd say, you know, I grew up on Tyson, obviously, mm. uh, but Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, senior, not his son, who quits on the stool. Um, and eh, that's the truth. Uh, and uh, Oscar De La Hoya mm. were kind of like my big, the big ones I was fans of growing up. <laughs> so you said your dad was big into the combat. Uh, so do you remember watching any of the old school, like, uh, you know, MMA fights before there was even, like, basically any rules? Yeah, all of them. Um, you know, I, I can remember watching UFC 1. Um, so definitely, like, had a huge influence on me. I, I still love Valley Tudo, which is that form of MMA where it has no rules. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy that. Uh, and I tell my wife this all the time, and she hates me, but I, I tell her someday <laughs> I'm going to run a Valley Tudo show. Um, and I'm going to have to run it in Wyoming because that's the only place where you can run with that rule set anymore where you don't have any rules. Because <laughs> I remember seeing, like, you know, when they first, when I was really, not young, but, you know, in my maybe 20s or maybe just a little bit earlier, and they'd have those shows, you know, someone would have to buy it for whatever, how much it was on the pay-per-view, and you'd go check it out. But I remember one time, like, it was this tournament, and it didn't matter weight sizes. It could have been a 300-pound guy against a 100-pound guy. Sure. But they came out and fought each other. And I remember in the finals, it was this massive dude. Like this massive white guy probably weighed close to 300 pounds of mostly muscle, but kind of had a road warrior gut a little bit, you know, the later road warriors. But, um, and he took on this guy that maybe weighed 150, 175 pounds that was thin. He was a Filipino dude 
And he just came out and he kicked the big guy in the leg like over and over in the thigh until the other guy couldn't stand anymore. And it ended. And I thought at first, I was like, oh, my God, that huge guy's going to kill him. But mm-hmm. no, it didn't work out that way. Exactly. Size was very deceptive in that. Um, and, you know, to me, the spirit of combat sports comes through in pro wrestling. We just have an advantage over those promoters and that we get to work the endings. Um, and, and, you know, it's a little bit easier to tell stories, which is why it bothers me to a great deal why some of the mainstream products seemingly have worse booking than the UFC, but that's neither here nor there. Right, 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 right. So, uh, you know, who, you mentioned Sting and The Mask. Uh, who else were some of maybe your uh, favorites, you know, of all time? Maybe not on the indie scene, you know, the, the, the old WB guys, the NWO guys, the WCW guys, whatever it might be. Uh, if you if you want me to give you my favorite of all time is Gary Albright from the UWFI. Ah. Um, just you know, over there in Japan, I really like Vader as well. Oh, that guy. Uh, but of all time, like Ultimo Dragon, you mm. know, going the hard opposite end of the style. Um, probably those three. And you mentioned Vader, man. I, I Vader scared the hell out of me. Like I legit thought he was always beating the hell out of Ron Simmons and Sting and. You know, all those guys. And then when he'd have those matches in Japan with, like, Stan Hansen and stuff, and they just beat the living crap out of each other. And, but he could also get up and do, like, you know, a moonsault and stuff like that. And But when he got those guys in the corners and start throwing those meat hands at him, man, that was something else. Yeah, no, it was uh, – Vader's phenomenal. You know, <laughs> I, I can't say enough good things about, like, Vader. and the, He's had a lot more influence on our promotion than uh, a lot of other wrestlers. Mm, mm, mm. Um, on the indies growing up Xavier who just recently passed away uh, the all around best you know a huge huge fan of him growing up so I'd put him just under the other three in terms of like the people I was biggest fans of well speaking of that did you ever get to go to any of the uh, shows that came to town any kind of uh, live shows whether they might be the bigger shows WWF WWE you know um or any indie shows that came to town? Uh, yeah, uh, all of the above. Um, my dad was, uh, I was a spoiled child, I'm not even going to lie. Um, so <laughs> if there was wrestling within an hour of us, he would take me. Um, so Notre Dame at the time was one of the stops on the WWF house show loop. Uh, so we went to a few of those. Uh, we actually saw a couple of ECW house shows uh, back in the day, which I was... You know, it was one of the venues they didn't have an age restriction on, and my dad would be taking me in, and I'm like nine or ten, and you know, there's metal detectors, people patting us down. My dad's like, "What have you made me take you to?" <laughs> like, you know, his he he was familiar with like the WWF style, but had never seen anything like ECW. Those are his favorite shows, though. Those are the ones he still talks about going to. Oh man, that must have been a blast going to an ECW show with your pops. Uh, yeah, it, it was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> That's great. And, and outside of that, we did have some indies up in the area. Uh, Indiana was a Dick the Bruiser territory. Um, so you'd see kind of the remnants of that. Dick the Bruiser Jr., who was Dick the Bruiser's former son-in-law, would run indie shows up there. <laughs> um, Brian Costello, who was kind of a journeyman that spent some time in the WWF and WCW, uh, ran an indie promotion out of South Bend as well. Um, so it was very, 
is not the Super Indie you think of now. I can tell you my first exposure to Super Indie was probably seeing CM Punk versus Colt Cabana uh, at this festival in Granger, Indiana, when both of them were very, very young. But I did go to indie shows. They just weren't what indie shows are now. How many uh, folks do you think were at those shows back then? Did you get 50 or 200 in there? Uh, they used to actually draw pretty well. Um, IAW, they were called, would run at uh, a local baseball stadium, and I'd say they'd get a few hundred. Nice. Um, you know, this is the 90s. This is the peak of pro wrestling. All right. Uh, but then, obviously, as I started going more into the super indies and finding the stuff I really liked, uh, IWA, Mid-South, actually ran not too far from where I grew up, so I saw a couple of those as a kid. Um, I want to say in Highland, Indiana. Um, you know, those would be the smaller crowds, but the guys that would go on to become big stars, the Samoa Joes, uh, Daniel Bryan's of the world. Well, let me ask you this. Is there any of, um, old school history, uh, there in Indiana, um, you know, back in the day of wrestling? Um, yeah, Indiana's got a pretty rich wrestling history. Um, the WWA, which was Dick the Bruiser's company. And you know, at the time, Dick the Bruiser was one of the top stars. Not, not to interrupt you real quick, but it's funny you mentioned that. I was just re- reading on my phone, uh, what is it, the clap of, collapse of the territories or the end of the territories on my phone, and they were just talking about that promotion you just mentioned. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but go ahead. It was no, so funny ab- you just mentioned ab- that. No, absolutely. Uh, he had one. Uh, Bobo Brazil would come down from Michigan as part of that territory. Uh, and then in southern Indiana, where I am now, was actually part of the Memphis territory. So Louisville uh-huh. Gardens were a st- stop in Memphis. They'd also go up into other parts of Indiana, like Salem, Indiana. Um, so, you know, Jerry Lawler's circuit was down there. And it's right. funny that they both existed because the two styles of wrestling are very, very different. Uh, but Indiana's always kind of, we call Indiana the crossroads of combat. <laughs> and I, I think that's a very apt description for it. And that's cool, man. That's a, that's a lot of wrestling history in there. Those people you were just mentioning, man. And and by the way, the book I was mentioning, uh, Death of the Territories, man. Uh, it's really a great read by uh, Tim Hornbaker. And uh, I was actually just reading that, and they were mentioning that area, and eventually Vern and a bunch of people kind of came around from what I'm reading in here anyway. But man, that was so cool. Yeah. No. Uh, Absolutely. I love wrestling history. I'm good friends with, uh, if you're ever looking for more about this territory specific, there's an author named John Cosper. Uh, he's a local wrestling historian. He did one called Bluegrass Brawlers, which is about the history of Louisville wrestling. Dating back to the territories, highly recommend checking that out. His website is eatsleepwrestling.com. Hold on, I'm going to write that down. Eat, sleep, wrestling. I want to say, it's either eatsleepwrestling or eatsleepwrestle.com. Yeah. If uh, I type but it in his name Google. is John Cosper. C-O-S-P-E-R? Uh-huh. Perfect, man. I'm going to check that out. Thank you very much. <laughs> Highly recommend that to all the listeners. And I didn't even get paid for that plug. John's just a good friend. There you go. There you go. Hey, man, uh, you know, we talked a little history there uh, where you're from. Well, let's talk a little history of uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Uh, I think I read here you guys have been going since, uh, is it 2017? Yeah, that's correct. We were founded in uh, October 2017. We just celebrated our third anniversary. We technically speaking, we ran our anniversary show at the end of September. We were two weeks early, uh, but we wanted to get it done before the collective weekend and the other stuff. And historically, we run the fourth Friday of the month, and then we go against Halloween, and our anniversary shows never draw. So we decided September is our anniversary month because it's wrestling, and we can be carny like that. So, um. <laughs> so you were telling me earlier there's like uh, five guys or five people that are uh, – yeah. You know, yes, with you cool. in this, you included the five people. Uh, was that 
did that happen at the start? Was it five of you that started this thing going? Uh, when did this happen, and uh, how did the idea get going? Um, so we were started. Um, no, that's not. I came aboard about the second show. Um, essentially, there was this other promotion in this area, and I don't even honestly remember their name. Uh, but they came in, and there was a money backer that had a following out with the guy that was booking it. And he asked uh, Brian Vinson, who's the host of the Back Row Hecklers podcast, uh, to take over booking and rebrand it. So we started, uh, Brian started it and brought us in as Prodigy Pro Wrestling uh, in 2017. And we kept that name until um, 28, May 2018. We switched to Paradigm Pro Wrestling. We had uh, a, a little bit of a falling out with Brian. Um, he was right about some things. We were right about other things. We're all on the same page now. But Good. We kind of took it over from Brian, the five of us, who were kind of, the five of us had been doing a lot of the day-to-day operations of the promotion, as it were. Um, so we just took it over, and, uh, you know, we we all contribute to it, and it, it makes it a lot easier and a lot harder in a way to run an indie wrestling company. It's a lot easier in that indie wrestling's really a grind. There's a lot of work to it, and there's a lot of costs that go involved, and when you can split that between five people, it's easier um, but it can be harder because, you know, we've all got big personalities. Well, that's what I was going to ask, you know, um, you know, you got five, I'm guessing equal owners or, you know, everyone here, I don't know, but, um, you know, how do you decide, okay, this person wants this, you want that, this guy is saying something, but it sucks. You know, you think anyway, maybe two other people think it's good, but three other people don't. How do you guys kind of resolve any issues? I mean, we, we get along pretty smoothly now. It was rough in the start but paradigms kind of evolved into this we showcase different styles the our three primary styles are going to be like your traditional wrestling then we do a lot of shoot style which is going to be closer to what you see on josh barnett's blood sport mm-hmm. or the old uwfi shows um that's about a third of our shows then the other show is uh third is going to be in the hardcore kind of arena uh, so because we have so much variety, you know, everybody can kind of get in a little bit of what they want and we've gotten pretty good about being cohesive about it. We've gotten a lot better about planning out and telling longer storm stories, but, uh, it didn't happen overnight. We just have a very active group chat now. <laughs> and do you guys got some, uh, you know, you you brought in some sponsors, you know, to help with this show and stuff, but you guys got some usual sponsors that kind of help you guys along. Uh, yeah, the Savage Stash uh, is a great one. They sell fanny packs and all sorts of other fun merchandise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiger Driver is another. Um, they also sell some merch. They've got some great content out there, some curated playlists. Uh, Kayfabe Collectibles uh, is this guy who lives in an RV and travels around the country selling vintage wrestling merchandise. Uh, he sets up at a lot of our shows. Uh, great guys. Uh, we love doing business with all of them. Uh, the Sobros Podcasting Network, based out of Nashville, uh, is is another good friend of our company. Um, you know, we just started doing business with Dragon Dragon Apparel, Dragonplex Apparel, which is also up there in, in the Northwest. I know exactly is, who you're talking about. Yeah, the without uh, it's from the brothers behind Without a Cause, which is you know a great promotion up there that we're hoping to do more with in the future. Oh man, it's it's a great promotion. I'm actually a sponsor of their shows as as well. And uh, it's a really fun promoter promotion ran by some really, really phenomenal people. And, uh, you know, the, the Bash Brothers that uh, you're speaking of, man, th- those are great guys, too. 
<laughs> yeah, they seem very nice. We're trying to work out logistics. We'd love to do like a joint show or something in the future. We've kind of talked very tentatively about it, but you know, geography makes it harder. But I think they've got a similar ideology to right. us as far as promoting ghosts. And and as a oh. fan, you will not be disappointed with bringing them Bash Brothers in to beat the hell out of somebody. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, and then one other sponsor that I definitely want to mention before I forget is Effie. Uh, everyone's favorite Effie is oh, yeah. actually a sponsor of, of our show at the collective. So we really appreciate Effie. We love him. You should order an Effie award for yourself. <laughs> very, very nice dude. Um, so you said you came in on the, was it the second show or the second year? <laughs> second show. Second show. Thank you. And you know, you probably got a good idea what happened from the beginning, man. How hard it is it? to get this thing going to to get a venue you know and have the cash to pay the talent maybe just start with the venue i guess i start getting long-winded sometimes no it's all good venues are perhaps the biggest challenge in all of independent wrestling um you know we've got where we're at now the american legion the ceilings aren't quite tall enough for us so we run a low boy and we've kind of switched styles to get away from some of the high flying just because the venue won't support it but otherwise the promotion's been a dream to work with um and you know that's not always the case historically we had a a venue in clarksville indiana that zoning authorities and us had a disagreement uh, over whether wrestling was permitted under our entertainment permit uh indiana does not have a wrestling commission so most of the time when we have headaches it's related to some zoning ordinance that Mm -hmm. may or may not apply to us and how much we're willing to fight it so, so that, that's the biggest challenge. So if you ever get an indie wrestling and you find a venue that isn't good to you, treat them well. They're like gold. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Because the shows that I get to go to locally, there's, a, like I said, Without a Cause and, and Defy and a, a couple other ones, man. They really got some nice venues. Prestige down in uh, Hermiston. They got a nice venue down there, too. But, uh, you know, and how hard is it uh, when you're getting started to, uh, you know, how do you decide how many talents you want to fly in uh, or you know, how many local talents that are within that state or the state above or below or the side that you want to bring in? So when it started, uh, we honestly started like, I feel like a lot of wrestling fans were, we started booking stuff we wanted to see, um, which does and doesn't work as far as promotion goes, which I can go into more later, but that's where we started. But we were on a fairly limited budget at first. Um, I think our first fly in was probably three shows in. we flew in Shane Strickland um, and, you know, he was largely uh-uh. it for a time. We would bring in names, but they were people in driving distance, like A.R. Fox. Um, but it wasn't really until we started to get a little bit more, more momentum. Uh, we've really picked up on fly-ins recently because um, we've had some more success. Last November is when we started kind of forming a relationship with some of the old UFC guys, mm-hmm. um, and they're all based out of Vegas. Uh, so that kind of started our new age of the fly-ins, I suppose. Well, you know, as far as from the, apart from the fly-ins, uh, was there a good piece of local talent around there that you could just keep uh, kind of maybe using? There's so much local talent here. Uh, Myron Reed uh, comes to mind. He was in the main event of our first show. He's our champion now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he signed with MLW now. He was just a couple years in. He's from Louisville. He, you know, he's been with us since our very first show. Won our championship on our last show. He's everywhere now. Uh, Cole Radrick is another great talent that's starting to make some waves for GCW. Uh, that's been with us since just about the start. 
Uh, there's no shortage of good talent in the Midwest, generally. Mm, mm, mm. Sounds great, because what I really like is some of the shows up here kind of, they started with a lot of local talent, helped build it, and those local talents are, you know, still on the shows, but more and more they're bringing some, you know, fly-ins to take on those local talents now, and, you know, it's really great to see our local guys taking on these guys that kind of been making it big all over the United States and maybe even going over once in a while. The local yeah. fans, I think, love that. No, absolutely. And that goes back to what we were talking about before you went on air, where this is kind of like the territory, guys. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, you'd have your NWA champion. You'd have a few guys that were draws that would travel around, and they'd mainly work the local guys, and their job was to make the local guys look good. And I feel like, in a way, that's a lot how the regional indies work now. Mm, mm. I do. I mean, that's. I'm, thanks for bringing that back up, because I do feel that way a lot these days, that the, the independent scene is the new territories obviously you're not going to get too many shows tuesday wednesday and thursdays you know based you know everyone knows why friday and saturday and sunday is where the money is right but uh mm-hmm. it's still for those three days it's it's still cool because you're seeing the like you said the same local talent in the areas the fly-ins going around to the different areas and there's plenty of those fly-ins for uh all the local shows i think yeah no absolutely and you know, you, you, you bring in a guy like uh, Chris Dickinson, uh, who back in the day you would have brought in the NWA champ. You, br- you bring in Chris Dickinson because he's about got as much buzz as anybody in the independents. Mm-hmm. And you know what? No matter who you put them in there or against, they're going to look real good. And, and you can use that to kind of build and develop your local guys. Well, it reminds me of, you know, a, a traveling NWA champion, like you're saying, like, you know, Ric Flair or Harley Race or... You know, any of those guys. Those guys were the last two traveling, you know, champions. Dusty had it, but he didn't travel quite as much as those two guys. But, uh, you know, as a young guy watching Portland wrestling up here, Don Owens' uh, promotion, Mm -hmm. you know, they used to bring in Flair and Harley Race, and they'd take on, you know, the top guy out here, Buddy Rose or Billy Jack, and, you know, they'd come over and they'd make our guys. And we had good guys, don't get me wrong, but they'd make Mm -hmm. us – make our guys look like a million bucks, right? And they'd leave town, and that guy was better off for losing or maybe winning in a DQ, right, to Ric Flair mm-hmm. or Harley Race. Yeah, they both those guys used to get heat almost from selling too much for the local guys. <laughs> uh, and I agree with you that, you know, that made another generation of talent, and I think that's largely coming back. Mm, mm, mm. So, hey, man, uh, you know, you've been doing this for, what is it, going on four years now? Yep, we're at, we just started year four. Year four. So what are the highlights, you know, for you guys and you along the way? Um, you know, there's been a lot. Um, you know, the first major highlight that I'd want to talk about is we ran, um, we brought back UWFI rules. Uh, we were the first promotion to use them in the United States, true UWFI rules in the United States in 25 years. Can you, we brought can, those can you explain those rules real quick, not to interrupt you, but maybe some people don't know what we're talking about. Sure. Um, UWFI rules is the UWFI was a predecessor to mixed martial arts. It was worked, but at the time it was advertised that it was real. Its tagline was, this is real, um, or it's real. Uh, Gary Albright and Vader were the top foreign stars, but it was a Japanese promotion that ran uh, under the idea that pro wrestling was a sport. It should be treated like it. So, it's almost kind of proto-MMA. You go in, these guys are, are really hitting each other. Um, they are working the finish, but you didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no pinfalls. 
you know, victories are going to come by in a knockout submission, kind of like how you see it, Josh Barnett's blood sport. Mm. But pro wrestling rules, unlike a blood sport, pro wrestling rules still apply. So, you know, grappling sequences tended to be faster paced because, you know, rope break. You can get a rope break and get stood back up. Um, and then there's kind of boxing style knockdowns where they've got a 10 count to get back up. Um, and there's a very complex point system that's kind of based off of amateur wrestling that we also use in it um, that I can explain on a different hour-long podcast because uh, <laughs> it's rather complex. But we brought that back last November, uh, and we started bringing in uh, UFC Hall of Famer Stefan Bonner to come in and kind of be the headline guy for that division. Uh, we brought in Filthy Tom to work on the last one. <laughs> uh, we've got Dan Severin coming in. We've got a show coming up in November. Our show after the collective actually has Tom Lawler uh, versus Stefan Bonner as the main <laughs> event under in a UWFI rules match. And then Dan Severin will take on Matt Justice in the co-main event under UWFI rules. Dude, that's like um, incredible. Dan Severin still out there kicking ass, isn't he? Dan Severin is a tough son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> and he's the nicest guy in the world. Really? Oh my God! Yeah. I wouldn't. I'd think you'd yeah, just be like, "Fuck off!" I'll be there to wrestle. You know? <laughs> no, he, he, he's he's super nice, um, easy to do business with. Uh, Bonner is probably the easiest person on earth I've ever done business with, which would surprise you because you know this is a guy that's main evented in front of sixty thousand people in Rio de Janeiro, has fought <laughs> seven world champions, legitimate as big as you can get, Hall of Famer, best dude in the world to deal with. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome to hear that man and uh i was looking at that other card because i had the posters kind of lined up looking at both of them like by the way be, we'll get to that stuff in a minute but phenomenal looking posters cool too by the way oh thanks i appreciate that we try to we try to do a variety we, we try to do the old i love old lineup posters yeah so we we always try to do that because i always used to get those you know at the wwf house shows they give you that lineup sheet mm -hmm. and i still have those so we always try to do one like that and then, you know, your more visual graphic ones as well. Uh, we've got a couple of very talented graphic designers that we work with, uh, Jordan and James Duncan. Um, and we appreciate their work a great deal. Do you, uh, is there a chance for people to get the, a print out of those and take them home for themselves? Uh, yeah, inbox us. Um, we are terrible at merchandising ourselves. But if you <laughs> ask us to do it, we will do it. But um, I'll be real honest, we've... We're not quite used to people knowing who we are, uh, as silly as that sounds, whereas before it was always kind of a struggle to sell merch. Mm. Um, we do have some interest. We have a shirt on whatamaneuver.net. We've got a couple of shirts there. Um, that's probably the best, easiest way to get our merch, but gotcha. if you ever see something that we do and you're like, yo, I want that, the inbox this, we can probably get it figured out, but we're... I don't want to say we're a nonprofit wrestling company, but we've certainly acted that way. For the gotcha, rest of gotcha, years. gotcha. No, I, I'm always like posters. Not, I don't buy a ton of posters, but I just, I love the look of them. I went to NXT uh, Portland Pandem or Pandemanium. I'm looking at the poster right now, back in God 2016 or something when NXT went down there, and it was Finn Balor, Finn Balor versus uh, Samoa Joe in the uh, championship, and. Uh, I love the look of the poster, but anyway, that's on my wall here and a couple other ones from prestige and things like that. So I do love, uh, posters, man. Uh, so you might want to get like some of those printed out and sell them off at the show. Have a couple of people sign them and things. We've tried. I'm actually like looking at the wall, uh, in my den and I've got, <laughs> uh, I've got a number of our posters that we did get printed. It looks like the last one we got printed was November, 2019. Um, 
So, you know, we should get better about that. And that's mainly just because most of our advertising is done on a digital basis. Um, you know, we do run ads and things of right. that nature, but uh, I'm not one to go out and fly, or I'll be really honest with you. <laughs> hey, if you want posters at the next show, email Gary at... No, never mind. <laughs> never mind. No, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, man, I asked you about the highlights, you know, and there's the other half of that, of course. I got to ask. It, it, what's been kind of the hard spots, the the low lights, if you can share kind of any stories or just some moments there? I mean, our second anniversary show, for a number of reasons, uh, we've come a long way in a year, but that was probably the, the closest I've come to quitting. <laughs> um, we had, and we had, we drew like 40 people for this big show that we had a fly in on. Uh, which was depressing. Wrestling was kind of oversaturated in the area. Um, I'm not going to give them publicity, but we had an incident with a wrestler that got us kind of some international news for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, just Google Paradigm Pro Wrestling Knife if you want to know more. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that was tough. You know, I had a tabloid over in Great Britain calling me about that situation. Um, and for I'll just go into it. For those that don't know, we had an angle with a wrestler who came in and we did not know it at the time, but he was kind of in a not great mental state and he pulled a knife on another wrestler and it was not scripted. Mm. Um, so that's going to be our absolute bottom. Mm. Mm. I'd mm. say he just... does not work with us anymore. Uh, I bet for not. Obvious reasons. <laughs> you want you pull a knife on someone. I think you're pretty much out of, a, you know, in the regular world. No, exactly. out of wrestling you pull that on someone you're pretty much done and, and it's a shame because i love the dude as a human being but i don't know what was happening that night but there's no coming back from that so oh, i'd say that man. was probably our, our lowest moment any crazy shit that's just happened at a show like you're waiting for a wrestler or something just weird is happening I'm like, every show <laughs> yeah. pretty much just how it works right yeah, I mean, I'll have moments where I'm like, damn, this is pretty surreal. Um, like, And some of them are positive. At our show, Heavy Hitters 2 show in July, check it out on IWTV. Uh, in the main event, Stefan Bonner was fighting Matt Justice. And I've got this UFC Hall of Famer. I asked him to work a hardcore match, thinking, you know, I'd get a table bump, maybe a couple chair shots. I didn't expect anything too crazy, right? Uh, wrong. <laughs> Dude went ham. And he's just like... They must have used, you know, four or five doors. They're going through chairs. There's like, they're working a legit high level hardcore match that's virgin into deathmatch territory. And again, this is a guy that has main evented in front of 60,000 people. And I'm just like, holy shit. And I kind of broke the fourth wall, which I don't normally do, and got on the mic after the match just to put him over and ask him to do it one more time, uh, editor of it to be determined. Because uh, I was just that blown away that, that, that they had done that much, you know, that we had that we've got a crowd of, you know, we were at COVID capacity level. So we sold out with 125 people, but even still, you know, th this is a crowd of less than 200 that they're doing this in front of. And I was just like, Holy shit. These guys are insane. Oh my God, man. Oh, crazy. And real quick, you mentioned, uh, IWTV. Do you guys still have that uh, code so folks can get a, uh, free, uh, five, uh, day free trial or whatever it is? Yes, we do. Uh, our promo code is paradigm. And you're going to spell that P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M, Paradigm. 
Uh, you can use that for a five-day free trial. We always appreciate it when you do. Uh, we do get a kickback from that, so the support is always appreciated. Um, we've got a couple of, uh, I want to say we've got three recent releases on there. We've got Pawcade, which was a joint show we did with MidwestTerritory.com, which was a, a charity show. Main event on that show, there's two of them, is Effie versus Kelvin Tankman <laughs> and uh, John Wayne Murdoch versus Levi Everett in an Amish street fight. That's a very, very fun show. Uh, then we've got Heavy Hitters 2 on there. That that show featured uh, Stephen Bonner, Tom Lawler, Chris Dickinson, Eric Stevens. Um, just a huge, huge show. We did a 20-man tournament in one night. Oh, God. Uh, believe it or not. We're insane. Um, the story behind that was that show was originally going to happen in March of 2020. And then, obviously, with the pandemic, we had to postpone it. And at the time when I'm postponing it, you know, I, I picked a date in July. And wrestlers are telling me they've got other commitments, which, you know, makes sense. Because everybody thinks this time wrestling, this going to last a month, right? That was the prevailing attitude. We're going to have to stop running shows for a month. So I booked a bunch of replacements. Um, but then, you know, all these other shows started canceling. And it became clear that... Um, you know, Indiana was going to allow shows, but maybe just us in Tennessee and that we were going to be one of the first shows back. And I take serious that, you know, we're how these guys make their livelihoods. So I contacted every single person that was booked on either version of the card and offered them a spot. Um, and that was a financial undertaking on our part, but it ended up working out really well. We had our highest viewership ever and it was a huge risk, but it paid off and I'm glad because, at the end of the day, you know, none of us in Paradigm are in here to really make money. I'm, we're here to help the cause um, and try and support some of these wrestlers and help them on their journeys. Mm, mm, mm. So was there a card or a show that led us into Trap Soul? Uh, yes, that was Same Energy, which was our third anniversary show. That happened September 25th. Um, and that was our most recent show. Uh, another very, very good show that we overbooked in order to give some guys some work. Uh, one thing I'll address real quick, because people always bitch online about us booking too many matches. <laughs> we're just trying to pay people. Yeah. Like, we're, we're just trying to get these guys some work. We, we get it. When life's back to normal, we'll go back to... We'll never go to eight match cards because it's not who we are as people, but we'll probably go down to ten. Uh, and we'll stop with the 15 match cards, but as far as I'm concerned, you're giving the fans their money's worth, my friend. <laughs> that, that, that's my attitude as well. But you know, they're always, there's the very vocal contingent on Twitter that wants us to have shorter cards. So I just want to address that trap. Soul is a shorter card. Uh, we've only got nine matches, which is pretty short <laughs> by our standards, uh, per, uh, general sanity because we're the last show of the collective and requests from, Smart Mark Video and Fight TV so that, for us specifically not to run a 15 match card. Gotcha. So that show ran, and then it's leading us into this new show. Uh, yeah, that was same energy. Then Trap Soul uh, is coming up, and some the big angle kind of at the end of same energy was uh, Shug D uh, of recent A AEW fame made his debut and made it known that he was that he's here for the Paradigm Championship. Um, but O'Shea Edwards essentially told him, Hey, you're not going to cut the line. So that's going to be one of our main events for, uh, Trap Soul. We've got a triple main event, but part of it is O'Shea Edwards versus Suge D. Uh, and the tagline for that match is grown man shit. Um, if you want something entertaining to watch, definitely check out their Twitter content. Uh, both these guys are among the best promos in the game. The tri 
phenomenal workers too, but you cannot uh, oversell their promo abilities. Mm, mm, mm. And so we can check out that last show I was just talking about and you were talking about on IWTV right now? Yes, yes. It's called Same Energy. I believe it's still in their featured section. Uh, definitely give that a watch. Well, I know um, I will be watching on Saturday to get myself caught up for Sunday night, my friend. And then I, uh, we've got that coming. The Rejects won our tag team, who are John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley. Uh, they won our tag team championships for the second time on that show. Mm. Uh, they're getting a lot of publicity over an ICW, No Holds Barred. Um, they're two of the top deathmatch workers in the world. Mm. Uh, they say they're the best deathmatch workers in the world, and I'm not going to tell them they're not. Um, they're teaming with the third reject, uh, Akira, for the first time in a trios, six-man, uh, no-fucks-given match, <laughs> uh, which is... My insurance provider approved way of saying death match. Insurance provider approved. That's good to hear. Uh, yeah. That's the thing people don't realize about booking death matches. Just that term comes with its own kind of headaches. Um, and they're going to be facing uh, Nolan Edward, who's a, a great young star of ours, Juicy Jimmy, and Hardway Heater. Uh, and that match is going to get... It's a trios match for the tag team titles. We don't even have a storyline explanation for it. Just go with it. Um, hey, sometimes there's just a match and for titles. Well, th- yes, exactly. It's more the it being a six-man for a two-man title. But the Rejects have informed us they're going to inf- uh, defend those belts under Freebird rules. Uh-oh. So we're just letting all three of them in, in there. The damn Freebird rules. Um, so th- that's the, the second part. Then the, the tip-top main event is... Uh, it's actually, it doesn't even go back to our last show. This actually goes back to our first year of shows. Uh, the most famous feud we had, the first thing that started to like kind of get us publicity was Matthew Justice versus Bradley Prescott the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, and people may know Matthew Justice from GCW or AIW. He's a pretty hot indie name right now, but he's been with us for a number of years. Uh, the one man militia. Madman. One man exactly. militia. Exactly the one-man militia, uh, the guy that uh, left WWE developmental because it wasn't enough for him, you know. That, <laughs> and since then has sent to prove that, you know, he's one of the top guys on the independents. He's been just on this single-handed mission, and I think he's done a pretty good job of that. Um, and he's kind of been our utility player. Like, there, there's nobody, there's no match we can't put Matt in that he doesn't do really, really well at. <laughs> so... We've got him going against Bradley Prescott the fourth, who uh, maybe is less known to your audience. Well, he looks like a guy in, that's an Indiana boy. It looks like. Yes, yes, he is uh, from Carmel. He actually resides uh, resides out of Savannah, Georgia now, but he is from the Indianapolis area originally. So he's a hometown boy. Um, he does more of a comedic gimmick, but he can just flat out go. We call him the Ace of Paradigm Pro. If you really want to see what he can do, log on to IWTV. Check out our show called Summer Unlock. The main event was for him versus uh, Ring of Honor's Jonathan Gresham. <laughs> and you can see what he can do. Uh, he does not traditionally do hardcore matches. He has done two for us against Matt in the past. This is his first quote-unquote death match. Um, they're going to get wild. Basically, we wanted to pay tribute because Trap Soul is probably the biggest audience we're ever going to have as part of that we've ever had, at least to this point. You know, we've always wanted to be part of the collective, so we're excited to be there. And, you know, you got to remember the guys that brought you to the dance, so to speak. Right, right, right. 
but there's so, so much more. Yeah. I'm sorry? You got so much on this card. It's like a piece for everyone that loves wrestling. Yeah. Um, then we've got uh, three shoot-style matches. Uh, Eric Stevens versus the Hoodfoot. Uh-huh. Um, that's gonna. That's my personal pick for match of the night. Uh, Eric Stevens has done better in shoot-style than just about anyone uh, other than like Dominic Guarini. Without Eric Stevens, we would not have been able to resurrect UWFI rules. Mm. So we love Eric. Um, oh. Eric's br- huge. Br- he's, he's great. He's great. And uh, I'm not familiar with Hoodfoot, but Eric Stevens is a legit badass. He really is. And he's like a good dude, too. Because, like, when we were trying to bring back UWFI rules, this has not been done in the U.S. in so long. N- nobody even knows what the hell you're talking about most of the time. Uh, I think we've brought that term back a little bit. But. I contacted Eric and I'm like, yo, what am I doing? Like, this is probably a week before the show. And I'm like, here's a list of 200 things I'm concerned about. And he went through and answered all of them and really did a good job of him and Dominic Guarini uh, did a really good job of agenting the show and putting it together and really helping us develop our form of shoot style. (laughs) Um, So I I can't say enough kind words about either Dominic Guarini or Eric Stevens. Uh, And they're both in action. Dom will be taking on his uh, tag team partner, Kevin Koo. There's not a feud. Uh, they just wanted to beat the shit out of each other. Um, so we're going to let him do that. Well, that sounds like a great idea. Um, then Kevin, uh, the Hoodfoot, I want to touch on briefly because uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say he's the next Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> he is the common man, um, but he can go. Uh, Hoodfoot was considered by many to be our breakup star from the heavy hitters tournament. Um, great dude, great promos, tremendous presence. Um, and just as Shug D just said this about him on Twitter, I agree. There's no substitute for being legit and Hoodfoot is legit. Oh, um, so keep your eyes out on him. Sounds like a dude. I need to get on the show. I'm sorry. Sounds like a dude. I need to get on the show. No, absolutely. He's really, really entertaining as well. Uh, oh, if you want to talk to him, I'm sure I can get that set up. Oh, appreciate uh, it. He's a great podcast guest. Uh, really charismatic dude. Well, we'll have to look into that a little bit more. And then you got some uh, championship double header matches, right? Yeah. Uh, the first one is for our heavy hitters championship, which uh, is perhaps the one of the more unique titles in indie wrestling. The rules for this title is the champ. Championship can only be defended in street fights or UWFI rules matches. So the two opposite ends of the spectrum. The champion has to be able to work shoot style. He has to be able to work hardcore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bobby Beverly is our inaugural champion. He has been challenged by Alex Colon. Uh, Alex Colon interrupted him at Same Energy. Said, you know, I'm the best deathmatch wrestler in the world. I'm going to come take your belt. So we'll see. You know, Bobby Beverly is probably the most hated man in our company. Um, against uh, a guy we were bringing back for the first time in a couple of years that has a ton of buzz. So really excited for that one. And then, then there's a, a match I know a little bit about a guy in, one, in this match. I'm sorry? I said, there, and then there's a match uh, for a title, and I know a little bit about a guy that's in this match. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is our dead man's fight. <laughs> um, so... If you've never seen this title, I think you'll get a kick out of it. This title is literally a chain, like uh, a bling chain. 
Um, and it is the Midwest Territory .com Championship, not to be confused with Glory Pro's Midwest Territory Championship. Um, Chase Holiday won that. Uh, Chase Holiday was dead, came back from the dead. He suffered a one-inch punch from Lee Moriarty, mm -hmm. came back from the dead after five months and won this title upon his resurrection. Uh, and he'll be going against the Lucha Ghoul, uh, Sonico, and what we're building the dead man's fight. Uh, and this has got Show Stealer written all over it. Dude, you know, I'm not that familiar with Chase Holiday. I'm going to watch him a couple times uh, where I can before uh, Sunday's big show after the Seahawks game, by the way. And uh, Sonico, man, he's seriously legit. He's come a long way in the few years, four years, five years I've been watching him. And, uh, dude, he and this guy, from what I hear, are going to put on a fucking show. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. Chase just texted me yesterday asking if I could get him a body bag. And I'm like, God damn, you guys might need to tone that one down a notch. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. And by the way, this match is sponsored by the Bigfoot yes. Pro Wrestling Podcast. Check us out every Wednesday morning on Spotify, iTunes, other places, BigfootProWrestling.com. Anyway, I had to throw that in there, man. <laughs> no, absolutely. Plug plug yourself more. We're tr we're trying to do it on Twitter as well, and I'm over here trying to interrupt you. You can't bring me on podcast. I just talk too much. Hey, it's that's all right. The the real stars of the podcast are the guys that talk too much. <laughs> the, the, like I said, we we talked about this man before we started. I told you people tune in to hear people like you. They don't hear. They don't want to hear me. <laughs> well, I, I work in sales, and you can probably tell from how much I talk, right? Hey. <laughs> you got to be in sales if you're going to work a uh, a uh, pro professional wrestling company, right? No, absolutely. It certainly <laughs> helps. And I've also, uh, my background prior to working in sales was I was an attorney, which is also very helpful for working in independent pro wrestling. You went from attorney to sales? Yes. Uh, I, I still practice law as well, but I am a sales manager for a company, well, this essentially. Is, this is good to know in case I ever have any you know issues. I'll give you a call. But anyway. No, absolutely. <laughs> then there's another like uh, a match here, man, a classic Midwestern chaos match. I know one guy in here, but tell us about that match, my friend. Okay, so I'm going to go over the guys real quick because uh, I don't want to forget anybody. Yep. We've got Kelvin Takeman in this match, Billy Starks, who's a phenomenal young talent. She'll be making her GCW debut as well that weekend. Uh, Freddie Hudson, who is a Louisville native, our former champion. Uh, Dylan Derringer, who, although I always want to say is Canadian, is actually from Pontiac, Michigan. Uh, great high flyer. <laughs> Miles Morales, I believe this is his official PPW debut. He's a guy that busts his ass and always shows up to clean and help out. Uh, but he's also a phenomenal high flyer. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, Adam Slade, who is a member of the Lost Boys and another great talent. Zay Washington out of Tennessee, who I think is really going to surprise some people. Uh, and we just announced his return. Sean Kemp, Indianapolis's own, is coming out of uh, a brief retirement to participate in this match. So we're excited to have him back. And not the not the other athlete named Sean Kemp. It's I, I, it's, it's, it's it's government. Name. I almost made a funny out of that because I'm a huge Sean Kemp fan because you know he played for the Sonics for a lot of years and was really good. <laughs> I realized that as I was saying it, I was like, yeah, here comes the basketball. I was joke. like, Sean Kemp's uh, gonna wrestle. Oh my god, a lot more people are gonna buy this, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
he always gets shit about that too, and I feel bad for him because it's his shoot name, it's his government name. Um, so that just is what it is. Uh, then, as you mentioned before, Jaden will Jayden. be taking part. Really excited to have him come in. Dude, you're gonna love that guy, man. He he flies all over the ring. I'm told he's phenomenal. I've not seen much of him. Uh, one of our cool promoters, Cam Adams and Doug Votau, uh, are both very familiar with him. Um, insisted that we bring him in, and I can't wait to see him. Hey, he's been on pretty much every promotion out here in the Pacific Northwest, up in Canada, Washington, Oregon, everywhere. And he he's a great kid, and, uh, man, you're, I think you're going to be really, um, you know, not to kiss his ass or anything, but I think you'll really love him. Oh, I, I I think so too. Everybody tells me that, so I can't wait to see him. Excellent, man, uh, dude! Big card, Fight TV. How hard is it to get a card on Fight TV? Um, you know, it's been a goal we've been working towards. Uh, all the collective cards are going to be on Fight TV. Uh, it's crazy to us because two of our big goals were to have a live show on IWTV and a live show on Fight TV. And I'll be damned if we're not accomplishing both those goals in the latter half of 2020. <laughs> uh, so the, the joke we've been saying is that, uh, and this is not to toot our own home because we're well aware that we're not important yet, but it took us three years to become an overnight success. How stressful is it the week of a show like this? Not only you're putting on a show, right? It's also a show that's going to be seen by a lot of people be bought by a lot of people on a, on a, you know, an app that hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people check out. How stressful is that week of show? Um, so I am the worst person in the world on show day. I would never do a podcast on show day because I turned into, uh, a complete frantic asshole to be real. Um, <laughs> cause there is a tremendous amount of stress involved. Um, it's running a wrestling company is one of the harder things uh, I've ever been involved with, uh, in my whole life. And, you know, I pushed, passed a bar exam and was an attorney, uh, running a wrestling promotion is harder. If oh. that tells you anything. Uh, that pretty much says a lot. I, I, you know, not that I've been an attorney or have run a wrestling show. I've only been a sponsor of wrestling shows, so I couldn't even imagine. I just throw the cash. They do what they do, right? But, uh, man, that's all. And we appreciate that. <laughs> Not only you, my friends over at Without a Cause, too, but, uh, man, uh, I can't even imagine. You know, I get stressed out about podcasts, right? Like, mm -hmm. earlier thinking about listen, talking to you, I'm like, yeah, I've done this a million times, but this is a new thing, right? This is a company I haven't talked to before. I don't know who I'm talking to. And I get stressed out. But, you know, I don't have hundreds of thousand people trying to buy your show and watch it like that. So I can't imagine the stress that you and your four friends over there at paradigm wrestling are, are going through, man. Uh, but I thank you for putting on an amazing show and letting me be part of it and join the family for one night on uh, October 11th. Oh, thank you. We're really looking forward to it. And we encourage everybody to, uh, you know, we're either going to knock it out of the park and it's going to be an amazing show or we're going to fall flat on our asses and it's going to be a train wreck. But either way, you're going to get your twelve ninety nine worth. We're going <laughs> to we're going to have a memorable evening for you. We've got a clockwork orange house of fun match on this card. Um, and I'm about to figure out on Sunday if we know how to build such a thing. So no matter what, it's going to be memorable. 
My friend, is there still tickets available for people that want to come to the show there in Indy, uh, Indianapolis? Yes, there are. You can hit us up on ParadigmProWrestling.com. That's, uh, I'm going to spell Paradigm one more time. That's P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M, ProWrestling.com. We do have tickets for that event available. We've also got tickets for the PPW Grand Prix on November 6th, which will be here in Sellersburg. That show features Dan Severin, Tom Lawler, um, and, Damn. and Stephen Bonner. And, you know, tickets to both shows only started about 20 bucks. Um, we have limited amounts available due to capacity limits and COVID-19 compliance, but they're both going to be tremendous shows. Um, buy some of our merch on What a Maneuver. Um, we don't make it super easy to give us money. Um, so if you can watch our stuff on IWTV, we'd really appreciate it. That's probably where we notice it the most. <laughs> I love IWTV. And uh, just one more time, what is that code you guys have? So the people can get a five-day free trial and go check out Paradigm Pro Wrestling, all the shows they got over there. So our promo code is Paradigm, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M, uh, Paradigm. And just think paradigm shift like John Moxley's move. Uh, but for the record, we predate that move. <laughs> J- just, just want that stated for the record. That's just a coincidence that makes it much harder for my for me to vanity search ourselves. And uh, social media for Paradigm Pro Wrestling. I know there's Twitter, there's Facebook. You got a you got like your own website. Tell us about that stuff. Yeah, we are on Facebook. We are most active on Twitter. Uh, Indie Wrestling kind of lives on Twitter. It's at Paradigm Pro Res, W-R-E-S. Um, no rest of the wrestling. I don't know why. It's just not the full name, but I didn't set up the account. Um, it's at Paradigm Pro Res. Um, on Facebook, you can find us at Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Um, and then on Instagram, you can find us at Paradigm Pro Wrestling as well. We are very active on Instagram and Twitter, um, Facebook a little bit less so, but you know, message us on any of them, and we will get back in touch. It's probably easiest to message us on Facebook, uh, but we will respond on Twitter, Instagram, uh, what have you. Well, I think I asked you a while ago, but you said you weren't like the uh, most merch ready uh, folks. Uh, if you did want to get merch, I did think you mentioned it earlier. Where do you find that stuff? So you go to What a Maneuver. Uh, we have two shirts available. We've got our Shoot Style Resurrection shirt, which is a playoff of the old UWF logo. Uh, and we've got our Hoosier Hysteria, which is in a uh, shirt, which is in the kind of blue and gold, uh, totally unrelated to the Indiana Pacers. Please don't sue us. Uh, but a similar <laughs> color scheme there. Um, and... Who knows, we might get a wild hair up our ass and put up another shirt design here for the collective. Um, or we'll continue to just be terrible at merchandising. It remains to be seen, really. <laughs> All right, my man. It's probably almost time to head off into the rest of the night. Uh, I'm going to go uh, you know, find a little dinner, head off for the evening, and uh, I'm going to go over to Fight TV and order <laughs> myself. What the hell was that? Anyway, I'm going to go over, order myself the big show on Sunday night so I can watch it on Fight TV after the Seattle Seahawks when it kicks off, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to Trap Soul. Uh, any final thoughts before we head out for the night, my friend Gary? Um, no, just thank you to everyone. Um, you know, I didn't shout them out by names, but my co-promoters, especially James Duncan, Doug Votaw, Cam Adams, uh, Jordan Rose, 
uh, Mouse the photographer, his son Logan, Chad French. And thank you to everybody. Paradigm really is a family. You know, we're not some big corporation with a huge budget. We're a bunch of dudes trying to put on good shows um, and trying to be welcoming to all, you know, trying to be welcoming and showcase wrestlers of color, showcase GLBT wrestlers, and just be a fun, welcoming environment in the middle of Indiana, which is not always the easiest task. So we just thank everybody that's that's been there with us. And come check us out. I'm sure you'll like it. Hey, Gary, thanks so much for coming on tonight. I appreciate the uh, the hookup here this week with you guys. Like I said, great to be part of the family for an evening, and I uh, can't wait for that uh, match I'm sponsoring, and also can't wait for this entire show. October 11th, a fight TV, man, part of the collective. Uh, head over now, order it ahead of time, and uh, check it out, man. And uh, Gary, I'm going to let you go. Have a good night, buddy, and uh, thanks so much. Thank you very much. This episode recorded at the Bigfoot headquarters. This has been a Swagamore production production.